0: I am William Locke, and today I'm joined again by Joe Sieben
1: out in Denver. We are going to be talking some NBA. Joe, how are you doing? Doing fantastic, man. Love love being on the pod. We got a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. Just like I say, man, good time to be a sports fan. It's always a good time to be a sports fan.
0: Um, and we'll start with the game that we most recently watched, Grizzlies-Warriors game two last night. Grizzlies win it. Um, final score 106 101 i mean for me and we'll get into don't worry we'll get into the grizzlies timberwolves end of that series later because we definitely have some thoughts on that but i feel like you know this game was quite similar to the ending the fourth quarters in game uh five and six specifically game five of that wolf series where job basically just took over happened again last night he scored like the last 15 grizzlies points Outscoring the Warriors by himself, um, forty-seven points, fifteen of thirty-one field goal, five of twelve from three, which is is huge. That's more threes than he made in all of the Timberwolves series combined. Uh, eight rebounds, eight assists. Scored the Grizzlies last fifteen points, like I said. Joe, w- w- from a, like you're a neutral, obviously, so I look at this in in biased lenses. So I, I want to hear like your take walking away from. Game two
1: grizzlies taking or tying up the series. We're gonna have some fun. (laughs) John Steph have been saying we're gonna have some fun. Um, dude, what a series. You I I love how it's going in the sense that there's so much competitive energy, but there there's also just a level of respect, I think, between the two teams. Of you know, it's it's almost the Warriors are like, Can we hold off this changing the guard? Like, you can see that Ja is he's, he's next up. And this Grizzlies team is, is built for their future. And it's like, is it this year? Or can the Warriors hold them off? Cause it's, it's just that young energy is crazy. And Ja just put the team on his back last night. And I, I kind of thought going to the, to this game and um, also to the Celtics game, I was like, these teams are too good to go down too well. So I just felt like they were going to do it. And Ja just takes over like in the Timberwolves games, like, when he gets the ball in the fourth quarter like you like it's it it felt like a pit in my stomach i was like this he just he takes over in the fourth quarter he goes off the warriors so good staff clay pool Draymond, all these guys they just couldn't really you know all gel there's there's a lot going on in this series man but i think the grizzlies will go as far as jock can take them and 47 points will will take you to a win pretty much anytime he does that i think
0: yeah i do agree like you definitely feel the young energy from the Grizzlies. And we saw it all throughout the regular season. Like they're not afraid to stand up to these, you know, established veteran players like Steph Curry. You know, there was that clip of Desmond Bain beefing with LeBron, the whole team getting into it. Like they're not afraid of anybody. And I think that really catches a lot of older teams off guard in the sense that we're really good at getting under these guys' skin. Like you can tell Draymond is quite peeved, in the fact that, you know, this young Grizzlies team is is standing up to this guy, maybe something that he hasn't really had in his career. Same thing with Steph. I just feel like Steph's getting irritated. And yeah, Jaw definitely took over in the fourth, which is something that superstar players do. You know, you can clearly tell that Desmond Bain is, is still hurt with that lower back, which is why it's great that game three is on Saturday. So he has a few days to recover. Hopefully, you know, he uh, looks better in game three. He only had, um, he only had five points last night and in, in, he played 32 minutes. So he was out there and only scoring five points. He's clearly not a hundred percent. But another thing that, and, and you know, the Grizzlies second leading scorer was Zaire Williams with 14 points off the bench, rookie uh, Zaire Williams, who again, I think is the most underrated rookie of this year's class. But something that's kind of surprised me about like the way the national media is approaching this is no one's kind of mentioned that Steph, I, I don't think he's a hundred percent, you know, he, Head it, came into the playoffs with that injured ankle against Boston. Marcus Smart diving into him. You can say it was a dirty play. I think it was, it was clean. He was just playing hard. Um, came off the bench for the first few games against Denver. And I don't know, I, I saw a few moments throughout that game where he was grimacing. And I, I think that ankle's still bothering him. You know, 15 of 25 and then three of 11 from three last night. He, him and Clay have been off. You know, the, the Warriors shot 18% from three. And that's something that. You know probably is not going to happen again. But I will, I want to say, like I think the Grizzlies are doing a lot better job than they did against Minnesota rotating and contesting a lot of these three-point shots because, you know, seven of 38 from threes is, is not going to happen again from the Warriors. But it is important to note that most of these are highly contested shots because the Grizzlies are doing such a good job rotating on defense, which is something that we did not do in that Wolves series. And I just feel like this is a much better matchup where the Grizzlies can like play their basketball whereas in Minnesota, you guys have so much length and, you know, the big men inside. It was a really hard matchup um, for the Grizzlies. And I I don't know about you, but I felt like you guys really outplayed us for the majority of that series, and we somehow still won 4-2.
1: Yeah. I mean, if a basketball game was just three quarters long, we probably (laughs) would have won that series. Yeah. It was just one of those things, like I said, Ja taking over in the fourth quarter uh yeah Desmond Baines hurt I mean that dude was a flamethrower against us I was scared every time he touched the ball like he's he's dynamic um and yeah we the Wolves just could not get it done in the fourth D'Lo was I mean they benched him in game six the last like six minutes like D'Lo wasn't helping us and you gotta have your max guys playing like max guys and you know I think there was a lot of you know Cat was public enemy number one there for a hot second I thought he came back late in the series and. He wasn't superstar cat, but he was a lot better than he was in game one. You know, Anthony Edwards, bright future there. Jaden McDaniels, that's a guy I thought played really well in the series. At the end of the day, they just could not close out games and they were taking terrible shots in the fourth quarter. Jaw was jaw. And that was just that was kind of the series for us is starting hot, playing well for three quarters, losing focus as a younger team and letting it slip out of our grasp.
0: Yeah, there was that one three that Kat took that really stands out to me. It was like a, I think it was game five, deep contested three from the top of the key with like in, in crunch time with like 20 yeah. seconds left on the shot clock. I'm like, dude, you gotta have more yeah. awareness in, in these situations. I still think he was he was solid in this series. You know, I had that one bad game. I think it was game two or something, or maybe yeah. one, but I I still think he it's him and Edwards. I know there's a lot of people in the media saying like Cat is what he is. Fair enough. I think he's a good second or third option on a championship team. He's not the guy, yep. but you have him and Edwards that you can build around, um, and you know Delo. Yeah, I think you think we've seen like the last of Delo in a Wolves uni.
1: Yeah, I, I think Anthony Edwards is get it. Hopefully, we want him to take that jaw leap next year. It's like oh, one more year, and boom, he's our bona fide superstar. And then I'll take Cat every day of the week as our second guy. And he's not the first. We saw that for you know the seven years of his career, we couldn't even make the playoffs. But ant number one, cat number two, and Delo. It's just like I don't know. It's one of those things where you have to explore it. It's just a matter of what can we get in return because his contract's so bad. Thirty, um, but I, yeah, they'll definitely explore it because we couldn't get it done this year. Um, I mean, great season for us. Great series. Lots to build off and improve upon. Leaves a sour taste kind of in your mouth, but. Um, you know, better better than not making the playoffs at least. So yeah, um, you know, one thing was I was going to ask, one thing, I was, yeah, Zaire Williams is playing really well for you guys. One thing is Steven Adams is he playing at all in the Warriors series because he didn't play at all against the Wolves. So
0: yeah, he's he's been out with COVID. Um, he missed like the last game against Minnesota, and then he's missed the first two with COVID in this series, which you know that's been it's a good point because the Grizzlies really struggled offensive uh just grabbing rebounds in general and then offensive rebounds is something that we led the league in last uh throughout the regular season and the Warriors were they out rebounded us 14 to 12 offensive uh, like offensive rebound wise 52 to 47 in rebounds in general and just felt like you know the Warriors were getting so many second chance points yeah they scored 20 second chance points to 10 like if, if we just offensive rebound or if we just rebound the damn basketball, like if you throw Steven Adams down there and get 10 to 15 rebounds, like take away half of those second chance points and we win that game by 10 plus points. So I think that's something that hopefully, you know, three days off, we can see Steven Adams in game three in golden state. I don't know if he's going to start, but run him, play him 25, 30 minutes. Because you know jaron Jackson Jr. is going to get in foul trouble, which is so frustrating. He did it. I've never seen an NBA player foul as much as this guy does. You know he's so great when he's on, which he was in Game One, but you know took a step back shooting wise in Game in Game Two, only going three of fourteen. Like you could definitely see that coming. But like, I feel like in NBA, you know, six fouls versus five in college is so big. You see guys really flirt with foul trouble a lot more in college. You almost feel like. In the NBA, they make it six fouls, so guys don't foul out. And he's still fouling out with, like, three, four, or five minutes left in the game. And, yeah, I, I think we're going to need Steven Adams just getting some damn off some rebounds if we want to, like, really genuinely win this series because I do think we can win this series. Um, like, we're younger. We, we, we're so much more explosive than this Golden State team is. I think Clay is, unfortunately, a shell of himself. Um, from, you know, pre-injury. Now he did have that great block uh, and hit a huge three after, at the end of game one, but last night, again, another bad shooting night, Um, just a step slow. And then Curry, I, who I think's injured, take away those two guys and really they're left with Jordan Poole. They're only, you know, youthful um scoring threat. And I think he should be playing more minutes than he is. I think he should be playing 40 minutes a game and Clay should maybe be relegated to the bench roll, which is going to that'd be, a huge pill for him to swallow. You know, he's definitely um kind of got like a, uh, a sense of like, he still is the guy, even though he probably isn't. Um, So I don't know, do you, like from your perspective, you're neutral. Again, I am biased when I say, I think we can win. Do you genuinely, do you feel like the Grizzlies can win, you know, this series tied up one, one right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's like you said, there's something wrong with staff. I mean, he's still, Elite, but he's he. There's something a little bit off. You've got the Draymond factor. I don't know, man. He gets another flagrant foul. Whatever somebody's take on it is, boom. There's an automatic one game suspension. So that's out there. And Clay, he's got that chance to go off in a game, but he's he's not the same guy. And like you said, I think Jordan Poole should get more opportunity, more minutes, and he's he's explosive. It's a, their best young player. They don't have. You know they're they're not 2016 Warriors, let's put it that way. So they're not the same like right. Goliath. Um, and they had that experience, which was a lot to say about winning a championship, having that experience, but they're not the same team anymore. And they need to rely on more guys like Cool And and I think that is hard maybe for Steph and Clay and Draymond to like not not just be the alphas at hundred percent of the time. It's you know, depending on these other guys. Um, and then back to the to the grizzlies, and absolutely, I think you guys can win it. You know, when I was watching these these Grizzlies Wolves games, I was afraid of Josh, especially in the fourth. I hated when Desmond Bain had the ball. Um, Brandon Clark played yes, really well, is. I thought. The guys, that. the guys that oh, and Titus Jones, wow, from Minnesota, absolute daggers to the heart. And you guys, insane. let him walk, man. Dude, when he was getting the ball, I was like, no, no, not Tyus, yeah. man. <laughs> but those guys that that played. Very well in in the series against us. Uh, couple couple other guys would be yeah. Jaron Jackson I just thought was taking terrible. Like when he was on the floor, I was like, let Jaron Jackson be by the ball and he'll take bad fouls. Like that was how I thought.
0: It's very similar to Cat. Like it's not contesting shots. It's like diving for loose balls. Like dude, just
1: relax. It's like, you're the biggest guy in the court. You you. I get that not all these fouls go your way, but you have to understand with multiple years in the league that you can't do certain things because you're going to get called for a foul. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And he's only like 21, 22. Like he has so much time to develop. He's still so so young. I think he's younger than jaw actually. Um, But yeah, it's just frustrating. He's been in the league for like, this is his fourth year. Um, At some point he's got to figure it out because like the potential is there. He has, he plays elite defense. He, you know, when he's on, he's a great shooter. He can even face up and or back you down in the paint and score inside. But it's just this the fouling. He has the potential to be like Jaw and Jaron have the potential to be one of the best one two punches in the league in a few mm-hmm. years, if not now. But the, the guy just can't stay on the court, which is the it's so frustrating, which is why I think we need Steven Adams because I don't think we can rely on as much as I like the guy, you know, Xavier Tillman to be starting and playing. Right. However many minutes he did last night. Like, he's great. You know, that's the thing about the Grizzlies is we have 15 guys that can play and we can match up in so many different ways and we can play any type of way. You know, somehow we came out of that Timberwolves series, I still feel lucky to get away with the win in that series. And we had to play basically big the whole time because you guys have so much length in the inside. Um, and now it's basically a small ball series and we can play that way too. We can run up and down in transition. I think the Grizzlies are going to run, continue to run the Warriors to death, or at least try to and wear them out over the course of that series. Hopefully, you know, well, not hopefully, but like Steph's ankle is definitely not hundred percent. So if we're running back and forth, that's going to, his ankle's going to wear down there. Now it looks like, um, Gary Payton, the seconds out for the series, probably with the fractured elbow, which we can talk about that foul, but that's a huge loss for them. You know, he was probably the one guy that they can throw at John Morant and guard him one v one. Otherwise, it's pretty much impossible to guard the guy one on one. I mean, he's so explosive. And you have to sag off of him um, because he's gonna beat you with that first step every single time. So, like I said, with a three-point shot, like if he's making threes, good lord, he's unstoppable. He's gonna have he's gonna be putting up 40 a game in this series every single night if he's hitting these threes. Um so I'm, I'm curious because they're definitely going to make adjustments in for game three. You know, they only blitzed a few times um, on the pick and roll. I think if they blitz them and double team them, that's where they can get him off his game. We saw a lot of that with the Timberwolves. He was, Jaw was not on his game that series, but he just does such a good job of somehow splitting these te- double teams or making like legitimate, j- legitimately amazing passes out of them that I don't know, it's exciting, but we'll see. I'm excited to see how um the Warriors adjust and how we adjust for game three because there's always adjustments in the playoffs but we we should talk about that Dylan Brooks foul um I think it was it was dirty I think it was just stupid on his part you know he missed a couple threes uh bad threes uh, before that and then it was definitely a frustration foul he shouldn't have gone up just let the guy lay it in um yeah what's your opinion on that play
1: So, yeah, I was going to bring up Dylan Brooks first from the Wolves series. I didn't obviously follow the the Grizzlies and the whole team quite as much in a regular season. I thought Dylan Brooks, when he got the ball, I was like, let him shoot. Like, he he was terrible against the Wolves. And I was like, let that dude shoot from three. We'll take the offensive board and go up the floor. Like, I I just thought he was taking bad shots. And even when he was open, I was like, isn't this guy like a more of a three-point shooter? Like, I think he was pretty off and, you know – I think it was frustration. Like he hasn't been playing. I think he played well in actually game one against Warriors, but um, maybe it was game six against the Wolves. I can't remember, but I think he's frustrated, you know, the team's playing so well. And I think he's just been a little bit off, not making his shots and, you know, frustration foul. Yeah. I don't think he intended to like hit him in the head per se, but it was like a harder foul and he was frustrated and it's really unfortunate. It's one of those things where, you know, if Gary Payton, which I think he is going to be out now, the foul is so much worse because there's an injury. Yeah. Like if he fouled him and he went down hard, but he was fine, you know, it's a different story. It's not as much of a story, but if he's hurt, you know, there's going to go from competitive respect in this series to some competitive dislike and, yeah. you know, a lot of back and forth, and it's it's going to get chippy.
0: We've seen that with the Steve Kerr comments already. You know, he, yep. said, he said it was dirty. He called out Dylan Brooks personally in – his press conference after the game, he said, they're not going to retaliate, which I hope they don't, but yeah, I I don't think you get that outburst from Steve Kerr. If Gary Payton just gets back up, sinks the two free throws and everyone moves on with it. Um, Even if Dylan Brooks got ejected, got still got ejected. We're not going to see that outburst from Kerr if Payton doesn't get injured. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm curious contrasting that with the foul Draymond Green had in game One you think that one should have been a flagrant too? Uh, was it a dirty play? You know, because obviously Draymond comes in with the reputation, whatever. Um, I don't know. What's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah. You know, there's a lot of back and forth, I think, with people in the public saying, you know, he shouldn't have gotten in. It's more of a reputation foul. But at the end of the day, like, I thought it was a dirty play. And, again, he's not trying to injure anybody, but he is trying to create – a foul and a hard foul at that. Like he's intending for a hard foul. Like he's grabbing his jersey, like he's ripping him, you know. So I, I wasn't per se upset that he got a flagrant too. Like that's a cheap foul. It's a little aggressive. It's a little over the top. And that very well could have injured him too with the way he's throwing him around and stuff like that. So it's kind of becoming the story of the series. And that's kind of the precedent now is they're going to call it both ways. And that's the way it's going to be.
0: There's definitely going to be a game where it's just kind of like the Wolf series where it seems like there's a whistle every five yeah. seconds. Like that, there's going to be a game in that series because they're going to try to de-escalate. Um, could get chippy, like you yeah. said. You know, the Wolf, the uh, Golden State crowd's going to be hyped um, and definitely uh, be giving the Grizzlies a hard time. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was. It, I don't know if it warranted an ejection. He did you know, smack Brandon Clark straight across the head, could have given the guy a concussion, then ripped him down with the jersey. Like it was an ugly foul. It was just, a lot
1: of. Seemed unnecessary. Like just how intense the foul seemed too intense. I was like, just hit him on the arms. Don't let him, you know, get an and one. And that's all you got to do. But he just seemed to like over the top.
0: And man, he, yeah, he was the way he was reacting after he got ejected, you know, wow, going crazy. And then, you know, even last night when he, got hit with that incident incidental elbow from Tillman and he's Mm -hmm. going to the locker room and he gives the crowd, the double birds. Like we're clearly in this guy's head. He's flustered by the Grizzlies team.
1: Yeah. And that, that obviously wasn't like Tillman, wasn't trying to smoke him in the head. Like they're going for the ball and stuff. So not a cheap play, but I think that's where this series is now turning is it's going from competitive to just, they're not going to like each other in these next few games and Anything close like that is just going to be fueled to the fire, whether it's intentional or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's going to be great, dude. I think, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a battle. So I'm excited for these next few games.
0: Kind of reminds me, I don't know if you remember this, but I was at the Michigan-Ohio State game. It was like 2015 or 2016. We lost in overtime or at, at the last play. But it was the –
1: A.B.T. Barrett was the quarterback?
0: Yeah, and Carlos Hyde was the running back, I want to say. Uh, great game. Devin Gardner was our quarterback, but – um, the, one of the Ohio state linemen, cause there's a big fight Eisler seems to always be in those games. And one of the Ohio state players got ejected and he was walking through the tunnel and gave the crowd, the double bird and went viral on the internet. Like same type of thing. Uh, people were saying Kyrie started that like that whole thing, but nah, it's been going on forever. Like we've seen it. Um, I don't know. It's just heat of the moment type thing. You can't place too much blame. I don't, I actually don't mind like players going back at the crowd. Like you can't like, I'm sure, I don't know if it happened in Memphis, but like, I'm sure the Boston fans or whatever, like we're saying some crazy things and obscene gestures to like Kyrie. Like I understand going back at it. I, I actually enjoy the back and forth. I feel like like people in the crowd shouldn't just be have free reign to say whatever they want to these athletes. Like they are human beings. So right. um, I don't, it's fun. But this series is definitely intense heading into Game Three. Same thing with this Bucks Celtics series. That's going to be moving to Milwaukee for Game Three on Saturday. Uh, Bucks, you know, came out one Game One. Celtics looked very sluggish and just off in Game One. They um, weren't playing good defense. Um, Tatum had an off night. Jalen Brown was non a non factor. Good bounce back game for them in Game Two. You know, they man they played really good defense especially on Giannis last night, Grant Williams, Al Horford, Robert Williams, all did a great job uh, last night. And then, you know, Jalen Brown had an outstanding first half. He had like 28, 26 points in the first half, carried the Celtics, ended with 30. Um, Giannis only had 28 points on 11 of of 27 shooting. Like that's a Giannis off night, which is Mm -hmm. kind of scary. Um, I feel like they really missed Middleton last night. I don't know about you, but that's kind of how I felt. Um, yeah, that's, that was my main takeaway from last night, I would say.
1: Yeah. I I think it's one of those things. Celtics came into the series, you know, riding high four Oh sweep of the nets and got, got some extra days off. And I think they just kind of came in a little, little off and just weren't as cohesive, um, with that time off bucks came in and, you know, Giannis, he's going to give you that 110% every single night. They dominated game one, no question about it. And, Celtics kind of woke woken back up and came into game two and just flipped the scripts, uh, shut down Giannis, you know, shut down in, in quotes there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just played well. Jalen and, and Jason played very well. Took that, they needed that game, game two. And that's how I felt about the Grizzlies and, and the Celtics. I thought both would come back in hot game two and just not, not lose both at home to start a series. And I think Middleton is that X factor where the Bucs were going to beat the Bulls. I, you know, I said in the last podcast, no, like no matter what I said, ah, no, like he's out, no worries. They're going to win the series. It's different now, you know, <sighs> that's going to be tough. He's the X factor, man. And he's not, there's not even a chance he comes back, right? Like, isn't he just no. for sure out?
0: Yeah. They already announced that he's out for the series.
1: Yeah. I mean, unless, I mean, Grace and Allen's going to have to play great pack have to step up. Like they're, you know, Drew Holiday can't be, can't be, nobody can have off nights. Like Giannis is going to have to put up 30 plus minimum every night and everybody else needs to be doing their full extent. And the, I think they have a great shot. I mean, it's, it's Giannis and the Bucs, but yeah, not having Middleton and no chance of that is, is really tough.
0: They have a, they have that championship pedigree. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if this, the Bucks can somehow win this series, it's just another like, star or whatever you want to say in in Giannis's legacy being able to beat this Celtics team that plays elite defense best defense we've seen this like in in a few years in my opinion um which is crazy considering how they started the season but would be like a huge series for Giannis's legacy and like like you said yeah the, the other guys have to step up and hit these threes you know, Grayson Allen only had five points last night. Connaughton with 13. They're running out Javon Carter, who's pretty much a non-factor on, on offense, but, uh, you know, solid enough defensively, whatever. But they're basically playing eight guys right now. Um, and I don't know. It's just – it's tough. Like you said, the Celtics, you know, on the other hand, like the Bucks' defense is collapsing when when these guys, you know, Tatum and Brown, whatever, are driving. And there's always an open for me, an open three available. You know, they shot 46% from three last night, which is absurd. Jalen Brown went six of 10. Um, even what's his name? Grant Williams, six of nine from three last night, 21 points. He was probably the player of the game. Well, outside of Jalen Brown, in my opinion, but Grant did a great job shutting down Giannis as well. Like, yeah, you know, the Celtics, I, I, I think can still win this series, even though they lost home court advantage um, in, in game one, like, it's, it's tough. Um, I'm curious, like, again, this game, th- game three is until Saturday. So, you know, whatever adjustments will be made. I think uh, Coach Bud will find ways to get Giannis better looks. You know, they're still going to be doubling him and not letting him get to the paint. And, you know, they were letting him shoot jumpers pretty much all night last night. And he only shot 11 of 27, so he wasn't hitting them. Um, Giannis has to make the Celtics defense respect the jumper because they were leaving him wide open from three. They were pretty much leaving him wide open anywhere outside the paint, kind of similar to what the warriors were doing with jaw. So if Giannis makes the Celtics at least halfway respect the jumper, then yeah, it's going to be a tough series for Boston, but I don't know if that's going to happen because I don't know how reliable Giannis is from, from the mid range. Um, so I would say slight advantage Boston, even heading to Milwaukee for, for two games.
1: Yeah, I'd say, you know, like you said, Bud's going to make some adjustments. It's going to be back and forth this series of just, you know, in terms of coaching and making adjustments, because it's it's going to start getting neck and neck. I think ultimately they're going to split in Milwaukee. Game five is going to be pivotal. And I give slight X to the Celtics just because if they can you know, keep Giannis, you know, below 30 points, There's is still a lot of points. Um, but if they can keep him locked up a little bit, unless unless Grayson Allen or somebody just starts having a series, that Middleton is just, I don't know if they can overcome not having him for the entire series. And, you know, we've seen Jason Tatum, you know, control that series against Brooklyn. I think just the end of the day, more complete team. And if they're rolling, um, you know, I give a slight edge to those guys.
0: I feel like this series is going to, Real like if the Bucs even win two or three games in this series, I feel like that this series is going to show how far away Brooklyn was from actually winning. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting like the Bucs are actually favored by three points in game three on Saturday. I don't know. I might take the Celtics with the points there. Uh, I I think from what we saw from them defensively last night, they can absolutely uh, win a game or two. In Milwaukee. So we'll see what happens with that series. Uh, tune in 3:30 Eastern time Saturday for game three on that one. And then also Grizzlies Warriors 8:30 Eastern Saturday, game three. Other series that we've only had one game in these next two series. Game twos are tonight. We'll start Mavs Sons. I honestly don't have a ton to say on this series just because. It feels like the Suns are maybe, you know, this is not necessarily a sweep, but the win in five, if, if Booker's fully healthy, I think the one thing that really concerns me, if you're a Mavericks fan is the the fact that, you know, Luca goes for 45 on 50% shooting four of 11 from three, 12 boards and eight assists in game one. And the Mavericks were, you know, not really in that game. You know, they only lost by seven, but they were down by 20 plus uh, Mm -hmm. like midway through the fourth quarter. Um, just feels like even if you have a nuclear Luca series, which by the way, his career playoff numbers are absurd for a guy that's in year four. Um, like he has, if he, if they ever get the right guys around him, like he has the potential to be one of the best playoff players ever. But kind of goes like along the f- fact that these high usage guys, you know, Harden, Westbrook, Luca, they haven't had success in, in the postseason. I'm curious, like, do you think? Because obviously the Mavericks have other players, Jalen Brunson, Finney Smith, whatever, that are stepping up. Do you think this series has any chance of being interesting? Or do you feel like it's just Suns kind of waltz their way through, make it to the Western Conference Finals, and wait for the winner of the Grizzlies Warriors series? Because right now it feels like they're taking it game by game, they're playing very methodical. They know that their their crunch time numbers are absurd. They're so good in crunch time. they just play with this confidence and even the fans, like there's less excitement. It just feels like they're waiting for the -hmm. conference finals and the finals at this point.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the Pelicans gave them a slight scare in round one with Booker being back, but Booker's back. He looks healthy. I mean, he was talking that shit like when the first couple of minutes against the Mavs and, like you said, the final score was like a seven point game, but it was not close whatsoever. Like the Suns cooked on the entire game pretty much. And yeah, if you if your star guys going up for 45 and you're still getting absolutely smoked, like you got to make a like not just adjustments, but a lot of them. Like you got to flip the whole script. And I think I mean it's it's Luka. So he has that always has that chance to go nuclear and, and win some games. I think at the end of the day, they're overpowered. The Suns are way too good methodical whatever you want to call it and they're going to win this series but uh and they're waiting for that that conference finals so mem or the mavericks just aren't exciting for whatever reason like when luca was out everyone was like get get these guys off the screen like with even with them it's like get them you know get them off the screen like what you know what i mean so i think you know sons are going to take it and they're just i think it's just inevitable it's like the Suns. It's like that Thanos meme from Marvel. Like They're just going to win this series. I don't really care if it's a sweep or in six games. Like, they're going to win this series. Dominant team, ready for the next round, talking that shit. They're about it. Book's back. CP3. I mean, crunch time. Do not let these guys. I mean, they're just so good in crunch time. Um. So, yeah, then they're going to win this series. Luca. I mean, you can't. You can't have Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, is your second stars. And unfortunately, I think they might lose Jalen Brunson. So they're going to have to figure some stuff out in the offseason. They need to get him a second star because this guy is so good. But it's hard when he's carrying the load the entire game and all these minutes. And he already got hurt early, and you know, a week or two ago. It's tough. And I just don't think they can keep up with the Suns. Such a high usage guy. And
0: they don't have anybody to match up with Ayton. You know, he was great in game one, 12 of 20 for 25 points, eight boards. You know, they're running out Dwight Powell at center. Like he's really a power forward. Uh, and they're going small ball, you know, Dorian Finney Smith playing playing him pretty much at the four. And then you got like Bertans or Kleba off the bench. Like Aiton is going to continue to dominate throughout this series. And then you have. Pair him with, you know, like like you said, Paul and Booker, even Bridges. Like, yeah, this could be a sweep. This very well could be a sweep. I wouldn't be shocked if the Suns uh, run him out of the building tonight. There's no way that Luka is going to have another nuclear game. Uh, actually, he might, but I don't really think it even matters. He could have 50 and they could still lose. You know, the Suns are favored by six. Wouldn't be shocked if they cover and win. Um, but you never know. That's why they play the games. So uh, similar Kind of aspect in this Sixers Heat series, where you know, obviously Embiid is out with like an orbital fracture. Uh, supposedly is going to be playing in Game Three in in Philly. We'll we'll see. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. E- either way, he's not going to be 100. percent Heat end up winning Game One, 106 to 92. Uh, I think obviously in my opinion, the main takeaway from that game is the fact that you really needed James Harden to show up. And he goes five of 13 for 16 points did have five assists, nine boards, but man, he is not the James Harden of old. Um, there's some crazy stats out there, basically like most consecutive games without scoring 20 plus points in his career or since like his OKC days. Um yeah, I don't know. Concert date tour continues. I guess you
1: could say with Harden. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, um, dude. What what is up with James Harden? I mean, this is supposed to be a max contract player. You don't have to be the number one. That's I mean, I know in this, these first two games he has Joel Embiid's carrying the team. He's taking all the heat. He's getting all the praise. You're just the number two. There's a lot of good players. Like Maxi could, you know, all these guys can chip in. Why, like? is he just not aggressive anymore? Is he, is he just, did he take a massive decline because I thought they they go into the series and have a chance without Embiid in these games because it's like, Oh, James Harden can go off for 40 points because isn't he James Harden? Like he just like, what is he? I don't know what it is with this guy right now. He's
0: only 32 years old. I mean, coming off that hamstring last season, maybe he's still hurt. I, I don't know. He's, He's just been a step slow all season and it look, does he care? It almost looks like he doesn't care yeah, I mean, as much that, that I think that's a huge factor with him. Obviously we can never figure that out, but just doesn't seem like he's fully invested and there's already, there already seems to be tension between him and the rest of the team, even in dropping hints at it, basically saying that Harden needs to step up in his press conferences, so just getting ugly already in Philly, which is absurd. This guy, you know, for as good as he is, he's kind of been a locker room cancer or a team destroyer uh, everywhere he's gone. He's kind of like, he is what people thought Jimmy Butler was with the whole Minnesota situation. And they wanted to make Jimmy Butler, that guy. Harden has been that guy in the sense that he's never been on a team. That's made it past. Well, I guess the OKC, but he was really not a prominent guy. He was the the third star at that point. Like when he was, Like, when he's been the guy, and he isn't even the guy anymore, he hasn't made it past the conference finals. So, you know, we're talking, like, at Cat. With Cat, like, at this point, he is what he is. I think with Harden, at this point, he is what he is. You know, he had those outstanding offensive seasons, historically amazing offensive seasons in Houston. But I think we'll always remember the guy for not being able to come through in the playoffs. And, you know, he's only 32 years old, which is surprising that it's been such a strong downfall mm-hmm. already. No one saw this coming, but maybe it just is what he is. Um, you know, he's been known to have an extravagant lifestyle, I guess you could say, off the court. Maybe that's
1: taken a toll on him on the on the court. Yeah. And another guy that I think he is what he is nowadays, DeAndre Jordan. I mean <laughs> <laughs> dude, what? I get it, and beats out, but why is he starting? Like, do they have anybody else like that could go in place of him? Because he is not the dude that should be out there for you know like half the game. So that's a good point. They really
0: don't have anybody out. Outside. Like
1: who? Who is it? Like who? Like if he got hurt and it
0: beats sell out, like who goes out there? Probably Charles Bassey. Um, their their bench is is I rough. Am. Like you, we'll read through their bench. Like Paul Millsap, Niang. Paul Reed, Bassey, Dybel, who's been awful, Shake Milton, Korkmaz, Isaiah Joe. Like, even their starting rotation, Harris, Green, Jordan, Maxie, Harden, like, it's not that good. They need Embiid and Harden to live up to their superstar caliber potential. And unfortunately for Embiid, he's, he's been injured, which I think I almost predicted, I know it was a fluke injury. He shouldn't even been in the game in that Toronto, at that point in the game in the Toronto series yeah. where he got hurt. But I said, like, this dude's body takes a beating. He's taken a toll. There's so many miles on this guy this season. We haven't seen him make it this far. Well, I guess we have. He's played in the conference finals before, but, like, did he? Second round. I don't know. But we haven't seen him, like, make a deep, deep playoff run. And guys, like, he's been injury prone his entire career and unfortunately happened again. And, yeah, if they want any chance in this series, in my opinion, they need Harden. And him to be at their peak of their powers. And unfortunately, we just have not seen that from James Harden all season long, really, since he left Houston, in my opinion. Although he was pretty solid for the for the Nets last year. But this this heat team is beatable. Like they're the number one seed, but it's not like they're the 2016, 2017 Warriors one seed, or like even when the Cavs were one seeds, where you felt like they just had no chance. Uh, or they had no chance to lose. Like The Heat are definitely beatable. They're not invincible. Like Philly could definitely win the series if they were at full strength, but I don't know. It it feels like yet another season where Philly goes home early and there's just a million question marks surrounding the roster. Probably going to see Docker Rivers move on if they lose early and might be seeing another new-look Sixers team next year, which seems like it's been happening every single freaking offseason with this team.
1: Yeah, I I think... And the Heat, like you said, like they didn't have enough respect. I think it's a one seed going into this, but now it's like, all right, you played the Hawks, who you totally were going to beat. Yeah. Now you're playing a depleted Sixers team. They're going to win this series, I think. I think they're going to. So, like Tyler Hero getting six man, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. Like, they're probably going to win Game Two unless Harden like actually plays well for once. <laughs> and so I think I think it'll be you know 2-0 for them. And ultimately, I I don't think that. Sixers are going to be able to come back. I think Embiid comes back and makes it a competitive series, and it's close. I think they still lose. But if he was healthy and Harden was playing well, he'd are totally beatable. It's not like they're, you know, like 80-win team, like invincible. Like, these guys yeah. can be beat. You know what I mean? Like, they can be beat, but, you know, with Embiid out and Harden not stepping up, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be tough. And who knows if Embiid's the same guy when he comes back in with this injury or if he re-aggravates it. So I think it's that's a tall task, you know, if they go down 0-2 here. Yeah, There's um, It's kind of
0: crazy how you know, Miami, they have a lot of guys you probably casual fans have never heard of, but man, a lot of these guys are really good. You know, Max Struess, Max Struess, you only had only had five points in game one, but he's been everything that they paid Duncan Robinson to do last offseason. He was ranking like 20 plus mil, which good for him. He secured the bag, but he didn't even play last night and he wasn't hurt. It was just a coach's decision. He didn't play? Nah. Uh, Max Struess has been starting in his, which I don't know why they don't just suck it up and start freaking Tyler Hero. Like he's consistently scoring 20 plus off the bench. Like just like start man the man year. <laughs> uh, and like you mentioned the Atlanta series. I thought it was hilarious how they basically just rested Lowry and Butler sat him out the last half of that series. Cause they knew they were, they're going to win. Larry hasn't been playing game one in this series. We'll see if he, if he comes back, but yeah, unfortunately for Philly fans right now, at least just feels like Miami is going to win this series pretty easily in five, maybe six games. Um, But again, we'll see. That is why they, they play the games. Um, So yeah, I don't know that anything else. NBA wise. I feel like we, we hit on most of the series. We talked Wolves, Grizz.
1: Um, any other storylines that caught your interest? I'd just say, man, apparently Zion's healthy. I mean, Pelicans, man, that's dangerous. Yeah. They're a sleeper, dude, free agent destination this offseason because he's healthy and they looked really good against the Suns without him. That's a place I'd want to go play. Yeah. They're really good. They're They're going to be another
0: legitimate Western conference team. And all of a sudden, I think next year, the Western conference will be back uh, in, like better than the Eastern conference. You know, the Eastern conference was very deep from top to bottom this year. Back half of the West wasn't too strong. I think we see the West really be strong one to eight next year. Uh, Dallas is only going to get better. Denver getting their guys back. Um, like you said, the Pelicans, who knows, maybe the Spurs, although we might see Coach Pop retire, a sleeper, uh, potential there, but yeah, the, you know, I think we're going to be seeing some uh, major improvement from the Western conference, even like the Rockets, you know, they're going to get another high draft pick Utah, probably blowing it up. Uh, who knows? I think the trailblazers could do stuff this off season. They have mm-hmm. to Lakers can, can only get better. Um, and then, you know, the Clippers get Kawhi back. So hopefully they have a full season with Kawhi and PG. Yeah. It, it's going to be a much better conference than it was this year. Uh, which kind of makes me nervous as a Grizzlies fan. I don't think we're going to be like the 2 seed or anything again. But, hey, you never know. Um, that's why they play the games. <laughs> um, they, I guess NHL playoffs did start last night – or no, Monday night. Yeah. Uh, we had triple OT pens over Rangers 4-3. We had the Avs destroy the Preds. We had – Calgary ended up winning that game, right, over Dallas. Calgary won 1-0. And then we also had Florida losing game one, the Caps. That was a big storyline. Um, yeah, Oilers lost game one to the Kings. What else? Um, <clears throat> oh, Toronto destroyed the Lightning in game one. Bruins won, or did the Hurricanes win? Uh, hurricanes won. Hurricanes won. You had the freaking Blues beat the Wilds. I don't know. Main main takeaways after our we've seen every series so far uh, in, in
1: the uh, NHL playoffs. Yeah, I'd say start with my my hometown squad, the Wild. Tough first game. The Blues, dude, ju- they just have our number in regular season and postseason. Like they're just a team. They're like a kryptonite for some reason. I still think we come back. Game two at home. I think we you know we come out strong here and and we get it done tonight. And you know we have to. I don't want to go into a to a hole here, but yeah, tough game one. Just didn't play well. We weren't cohesive. Then we come back game two, right, right the ship, and you know we'll see where the series takes. It's gonna be a long series. That's a that's a good battle there. Abs. I don't like the abs, but I mean, kind of root for them slightly just because I live in Denver and it'd be awesome to have a parade here. Right. And they are just wow. They are so much better than the Predators. <laughs> like, I mean, best team in the league. So much better than the Predators. Smoked them. They're gonna win that series. Calgary-Dallas, I thought that would be a good series, and it's close. They only won 1-0, but I think Calgary's a better squad. Big win for the Kings the other night over the Oilers. Um, Oilers got a great draw getting them. Kings were the lower seed, and, you know, just uh, not as easy as they thought, I think. And then let's see what else. You, on the Rangers' note, dude, you you threw a little – a couple of months ago, you were like, hey, throw some coin on Shisterkin for the MVP. And he's going to be in the final three for sure. It's going to be close if he wins it, which you don't see a lot for the goalies. Mm -hmm. And he played great uh, last night, but what a game, triple OT. I mean, it's one of those games. The guys are just gassed at the end of the game. And, you know, one of those shots (laughs) that goes in. And um, I just can't imagine. They basically played two full games. games. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy, man. Crazy game. A lot of shots. Big win for the Penguins. I think the Rangers are a better team, but Penguins have a lot of experience on that side. And, um, you know, winning game one, I think, was huge for them. Hurricanes, big win over Boston. I like them to win that series. Same thing with the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs are trying to break their curse. Yeah, you think they're finally going to win a series? I think they win this series. I think they win this series. Lightning, you know, nobody better. Back-to-back champs, that experience in that team. They just feel, feel like the Warriors, just a little bit off. They're not the same squad this year. And I think the Leafs are just dynamite, man. So if they can just get that monkey off their back, and it's more of a it's more of a mental thing. It's just all that pressure up there in that market and the talk of not winning series, blowing leads. It's like when the Sixers were up 3-0 against the Raptors, like that starts to come into your mind. Yeah. Oh, you lose the fourth game, lose game five, and it's like that's all in your head then. So there's going to be a little bit of that later in the series. And I was shocked that the Caps beat the Panthers. Yeah, little trouble down in paradise for – for the arguably best team in the league. um, I still think they win that series, but yeah, the Capitals, man, people weren't giving them enough credit going to this series, I think. So weird, like hockey,
0: like any, like the playoffs are so famous for like just any, absolutely anything can happen in the hockey playoffs. Cause such like a, you get a few bounces and you score a couple goals off a couple, couple lucky breaks and like pucks fly. It's like pinball. Like, I mean, I don't know. Pucks flying everywhere. Who knows? Anything can happen. Eight seeds beating one seeds is common. So, like like you said, the Caps they have that experience. Ovechkin's still there. You know, he's man. They showed him in the highlight package. Like he looks, he looks aged. You could say. Uh, yeah, and he's still elite. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't rule them out. Um, I, I want to see the Leafs win because no one wants to see the Lightning win three straight. Yep. So and and then, and then for your sake, I hope the Wild can beat the Blues. Uh, I have a small future on on the Wild, but future bet. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a, it's fun. They they're really just cranking out these games. It's no like they just play every other day. There's no like two game two day break or three day break like we've seen in the NBA. They're just cranking them out, which I can't imagine like the toll these guys' bodies take. <laughs> um yeah hockey's a brutal sport i I don't know how especially like that triple ot game i don't know how guys can go out there and especially playoff hockey because it's so much more physical and there's way more fighting
1: going on just it's a wild sport yeah competitive series dude it's it's crazy um what about they they get after it with the fights the hits and everything a lot of parody though like you said like any given night man these teams can win and there's no easy out in the playoffs. Um, end of the day, I I like saying, you got a hot goalie, you know, you can just ride that goalie as far as you can, man. So, you know, Jonathan Quick on the Kings, arguably, you know, maybe the worst team in the playoffs, but a lot of experience and if he gets hot, you know, a lot of pressure on Edmonton as a Canadian team to win that series with those expectations. So excited to watch these games and really hope the Wild can pull one out tonight. Is, is, um because I
0: have only recently gotten into hockey. It's like, is there more pressure always on the Canadian teams in the playoffs versus the American teams just because they care about hockey more in Canada?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they care about it a lot. They're historic franchises, um, Toronto, because it's essentially, you know, the toughest market to play in kind of like a Yankees kind of thing, uh-huh. a lot of media pressure, a lot of high expectations. There's the curse and everything that went in so long. And then Edmonton, Not quite the same market, but Canadian and they have McDavid, who's right, you know, head over head over everybody else, best player in the league. And they just can't get it done in the playoffs, too. And they can't win a series. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you got the best player in the league, you got dry settle, a lot of great players. There's a lot of pressure on their goalies and just them as a team to, you know, essentially win. It's like the Angels and Mike Trout, like, hey, how can't you win? You have the best player in the league. That's what I was gonna say. And now they have Otani too. Exactly. So there's just been pressure mounting, I think, on that organization for a couple of years because it's like, all right, McDavid's not a rookie anymore and he's the best player in the league. We, we need to have results here. And
0: like on paper, this Kings matchup should be relatively easier one for them.
1: It was a great, it was essentially the best draw to could get in the playoffs for the first round. Yeah. I saw them in person like way back in November when they came here to play the wings
0: and, yeah, I mean, they were outstanding going forward uh, on offense, but their defense was rough and their goaltending was pretty bad. I, I think mm-hmm. the Wings actually won that game. So, who knows? That'll be a, a fun one to keep tabs on. We'll do a couple uh, Minnesota talking points because, actually, there's a lot going on with you guys right now. Obviously, you had the Wolves. But Twins, man, we mentioned yes,
1: that the podcast.
0: 15 to nine, first in the division, four games up in the Central – They've won four straight. They're 9-1 and
1: in their last 10. Good good times in in Minnesota baseball right now? Yeah, we won last night. So it's either – we're either 10 for our last 11 or it might be up to 11 of our last 12, dude. We are dynamite lately. Like Joe Ryan, the rookie pitcher, is a stud, dude. Like that turtleneck mustache combo he's got going. Wow, man. This guy – I mean – they definitely took a gamble with their rotation, getting like Archer and Sunny, like uh, some bets that maybe could bounce bounced back years. Who would have thought the rookies leading this rotation, dude? I mean, stepping up, carrying this team, giving some confidence on the bump, offense is picking up, Uh, knock on wood. If Buxton can just stay healthy, he's got to be in conversation for best player in baseball. I you, mean, guys have, you guys have two MVP caliber players in Buxton and Correa. Yeah, yeah if Boston can can stay healthy, dude, oh my goodness. And our division is so bad. bad. If we can, obviously we're not gonna be able to keep this pace up these last like 10, 11 games, but if they can just, you know, continue to beat the Tigers, beat the Royals, keep the Sox down, beat the Guardians. I mean, if we can take these wins in our division, I mean, we have such a good chance to win this division because it's just not a good division. It might be the worst in baseball in terms of, you know, all around teams and competitiveness. Um, But yeah, I'm feeling good. They're giving us hope because they did not start hot and, you know, Minnesota sports, you know, Timberwolves series and whatnot, but love to see this run, man. They're putting it together. I'm excited. And um, unfortunately, I think Suno
0: got hurt, but... I think he tore his meniscus. Yeah. But I mean, got to take advantage of a bad division where you're playing subpar teams quite, like, the majority of your games against subpar teams, you have to win those games. I'm down on the white Sox Personally. I don't think Luis is as much as I am. Um, But I think they're a very beatable team. They play horrible defense. They don't run the bases. Like I actually think you guys can really, 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 really push them for this division, which I didn't have in our preview podcast, but I'm starting to change my take. Luis is really high in the guardians. They're okay. Tigers have been trash. Royals are are trash. The, The tigers will be better. Um, There'll be a lot of, like, 70-win 70 70 win teams in this division. But, yeah, y'all can absolutely win it. Um, and then the next thing, Vikings draft. Um, I got to say I wasn't too tapped into y'all's draft, but I'm looking at it right now. It looks like you guys picked a couple defensive backs first, got a guard, linebacker, corner, defensive end. Got t- Oh, wow. You guys drafted Ty Chandler, the running back from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: I actually he went to Montgomery Bell Academy, in I think it's like in Nashville. I saw him play in the state like quarterfinals against my high school in our at our place my senior year, and oh my god, he ran all over us like it was unbelievable. Obviously, you know different in college in the pros, but he was an outstanding running back in high school. Obviously, so I got to see him play. Looks like you guys got an offensive tackle, got Jalen Naylor from Michigan State wide receiver, and a tight end
1: takeaways from the draft how are you feeling about yeah it? i feel I, I think i feel good it's one of those things new regime new coach new gm and at the end of the day you know try to trust in what they're doing they wanted to get their guys in there sign their free agents draft the way they want to draft the, the one thing i thought was weird was we traded our 12th pick with the lions in our division they go up and get um jameson williams from alabama it was like we weren't going to take a wide out so you know right. but it was weird that we traded in division hopefully and then it's a wide out so it's an offensive guy so it's like oh there goes Jamison Williams against the Vikings who let him slip in the draft or whatever and then we did it again at the yeah. as a second pick in the second round we traded with the Packers and they traded up and took the North Dakota State wideout Christian Watson and it's like all right two trades within a division like in the first two rounds it seemed a little weird and at the end of the day, we weren't going to take wideouts that early, so I guess you know we got some extra draft picks and whatnot. Um, so that was kind of funky, but just kind of shows the approach from the new GM. Um, I liked, you know, I thought the the end of the first round, I, the pick we ended up taking, Lewis sign from Georgia, safety, good pick. We needed a second safety, can learn from Harrison Smith. You know, then we took Andrew Booth, cornerback from Clemson. Again, I think the biggest need was DBs, so. Got two DBs. Uh, he, I thought he was a first round talent. So I liked getting him in the second round. And then Ed Ingram, guard from LSU. Can always use linemen. Linebacker from Oklahoma, Asamoa. Thought that was solid. Another corner. D-end. Ty Chandler, like you said, who not a lot of pressure on him. We have two really good backs in Cook and Madison. So just a good third third versatile back. Um, and then some value picks I thought at the end of the draft. So I thought it was solid. They went in, tried to address the defensive secondary and they're kind of going to go from there. So I didn't think it was anything crazy, no flashy picks or, you know, no court. They didn't try to take Malik Willis and cause controversy or anything like that. So thought it was solid. We'll see how these guys perform. And, and I think it'll be a good class. You see Ryan Tannehill's comments on not, (laughs) yeah, not having, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't need to mentor him, but he can learn something if he wants pretty much. And I'm like, I, I get it. This guy wants to keep his job and stuff, but you could also not be a hassle to him.
0: Yeah, just don't say that. You can approach it that way, but don't say that to the media in front of everybody. Like,
1: just you know, Yeah, you can just be like, I'm out here to compete, looking forward to the season. Malik's a hell of a player, looking forward to being teammates, like, and move on. Yeah. And then go in and compete and just keep your job, you know? You don't have to, like, be like, I'm not going to mentor him. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. A
0: strange approach. Maybe he feels threatened because, I mean, it's not like Ryan Tannehill's greatest quarterback in the
1: league. And, like, and that was also crazy is, dude, people in Malik Wells going like the top 10. Yeah. dropped all the way to the third round, which was wild. Um, but maybe Tannehill's like, I mean, this guy had so much hype and buzz and he's such a raw talent. And, you know, obviously they drafted him, you know, for the future. And it's like Tannehill maybe is seen some writing on the wall and he's he's a little pissed off now. He's like the highest-paid quarterback in the league next year, which is like unbelievable. That's wild, unbelievable to think about. He was terrible in their playoff game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he had a quote in there saying like he couldn't sleep for weeks or something after that playoff game. Like he was really depressed, which is kind of sad. But they, I I can't. I yeah, they should. They, they. I feel like every Bengals playoff game that they had, they could have easily lost. I think the Titans game was the same way. So. I can understand why he probably felt like that one – he let that one slip away. But, I don't know, I just – you know, Titans are one of those teams, like kind of like the Heat. Like they're, they, were, they were the one seed, but they were absolutely beatable. Um, it's not like they were historically great team. Kind of probably be the same thing with them. They had traded A.J. Brown. Another strange one. I don't know. Titans are just an average NFL franchise. Sorry, Titans fans.
1: Yeah, Tannehill's not the guy. You trade A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks I think he's amazing, but he's not going to be – Year one, what Brown is. Right. So they're just going to go as far as Henry can take them. And, you know, eventually you're going to be losing in a playoff game and need to pass. So, yeah. Um,
0: all right. I guess, you know, kind of hit on everything. Uh, before we get out, finals
1: prediction NBA. I can't remember what you had last time. I can't remember. I think I had Celtic Suns and I'm going to stick by it, man. Right. I think Suns still make it out of the West. Um, but I think, you know, either if they, I think they'll win their series, but I think either Grizzlies or Warriors going to be great conference finals, and I'm gonna stick with the C's, man. I think that Middleton injury hurts the box and uh, the Heat are beatable. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride it, man. See you, yeah. son. That's fair, completely. Yeah, that, that is what
0: you said last time. Um, I had Grizzlies, Bucks. I think I'm gonna say. You know what? My heart says Grizzlies. Obviously, my mind. I'm still thinking. Probably this. It's just I, I. don't see anyone beating the Suns four games out of like seven. Yeah. I'm. I'm just gonna say Grizzlies Celtics. Why not? Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But yep. Um. That's why they play the games. Grizzlies I absolutely have every chance to beat the Warriors. Um. We can play in so many different ways. Who knows? Maybe we can knock off the Suns if we get to that series. But uh. Yeah. Thanks for coming on this week talking some NBA. Um. Hope you're recovered from that that Timberwolves loss. Good luck to the wild the rest of the <laughs> way.
1: Hopefully the twins stay hot. We'll be talking, Luis and I will be talking a lot about them on Mondays. So. Yes, sir. Always fun to be on. Always a good time to be a sports fan. So a lot of good playoffs coming up here. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. That's becoming your slogan. Um, <laughs> all right,
0: well, uh, we'll get out of here. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace out.